what we're going to do the next four weeks, uh, we are preparing ourselves for Christmas. We're, we're preparing ourselves for the first advent when, when Jesus came down born as a baby. And we're going to be talking about the people of Christmas. Because a lot of times we get so focused on the fact that, well, it was all about Jesus. And that's important, right? Because it is all about Jesus. We forget everything that God was doing in preparation for his coming. And there was a lot to do. Because people weren't ready. A matter of fact, at this time, at the time of Jesus' birth, it had been 400 years since there had been a prophet in Israel. They call it the 400 silent years. We, we ended the, book, the Old Testament in Malachi. And God had said, what are you doing? You're robbing me. You, you don't serve me anymore. And in the setting that we're going to see with Christmas, the first Christmas, is that they hadn't heard from God in a long, long time. And so today we're going to look at Zacharias, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist and his birth. Because literally God was preparing the way for this birth. And he's going to do it through these three individuals. So turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And we're going to come to verse 5. We're just going to read a couple verses to start out with. Luke 1, chapter, uh, verse 5. And in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he was the wife from the he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Wow, what a, what a group to draw to. We have a priest, and we have his wife, and both Zechariah and Elizabeth were from the tribe of Levi. Now, why is that important? Well, they're both in the priestly line, right? As a matter of fact, Elizabeth's line was from Aaron, and Aaron was the high priest. So this is a family that had devoted all of their life to serving the Lord. And th they were of the tribe of Levi. Now, where is Jesus going to come from? The tribe of Judah. So, this is not going to be the Messiah. It's going to be somebody else. And they're of that tribe. And, and being a priest... He would come to serve, because remember, the Levites didn't live at the temple. Where did the Levites live? They lived all over Israel. They had towns here and towns there. Some of them lived in the cities of refuge, but they had towns all over Israel. And they actually lived, Zacharias and Elizabeth actually lived in the hill country of Judah. That's all they tell us. They don't tell us that they lived 
in a city. They just lived somewhere in the hills of Judah. And he would come, the, and the whole family would come with him twice a year. They would come to the temple, and they would serve for a week. Zacharias would serve for a week. And we're going to see in just a minute part of that service. He would come and, and serve, and he had done that all of his life. He's now an old man. He's, he's an, this old guy. It says both of them were advanced in years. But I love what it says about them. What does it say about Elizabeth and Zechariah? It says they were righteous before the Lord. When somebody's writing your life story, wouldn't you love to have them write in? And here is so-and-so. And they were righteous before the Lord. They were right living before the Lord. I mean, they came, and it says, what else? They, he fill, fulfilled all the requirements. Every time he was called to come, he came. Twice a year, drop everything, bring the whole family, come to Jerusalem, come to the temple, and he did his job. And there was Elizabeth right by his side. All of that time they were righteous. But righteousness includes something else. Righteousness includes looking ahead. Amen? Looking forward. Because you see, Zacharias would have had the, opera, the, uh, the opportunity to study the law. And what does the Old Testament tell us? He's coming! All the way from Genesis, he's coming. He would have read the prophets. He would have said, hey, there's going to be a the baby's going to be born in Bethlehem. Wow. Maybe I need to see where, you know, go visit Bethlehem. See if there's a Savior running around here someplace. I don't know about it. I don't know what he, but he was looking forward, wasn't he? He was looking for the Messiah. And in Hebrews 11, it talks about this kind of faith, the same faith that they would have had. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which, mean, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to what? Faith. You see, Noah, Noah was looking way past the flood. He was looking in faith to the Savior that was coming. And so was Zacharias and Elizabeth. They lived right before the Lord. They were looking for the Messiah. Well, let's look at the next few verses, 8 through 17. Now, it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God at the appointed time or at the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at an hour of incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. 
But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him his name as John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth, for you will be great in the sight of the for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to an attitude of righteousness. And so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Wow. Can you imagine what it was like to be Zacharias? 400 years God has not spoken to Israel. And he is, by lot, shake of the dice. You see, you could only offer incense one time in your lifetime. And today was his lucky day to offer incense. What some call coincidence, God calls divine appointment. Have you ever had one of those? The Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and say, hey, you've got a divine appointment. It's your day. Well, that's what was happening with, with Zacharias. It was a divine appointment. And, you know, I think sometimes we miss out on those because we're not paying attention. We get so busy in the hubbub of everything. You know, Zacharias, if he had not been there waiting for the lot to be made, he would have missed his opportunity. But God said, no, it's your day. He tapped him on the shoulder. It's your day. And boy, do I have a surprise for you. Can you imagine walking in there and seeing this angel standing next to there? I'm surprised he didn't pass out. But he had a divine appointment. And sometimes we can miss those, folks. Hebrews 13, 2 say, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Wow. I would hate to miss the opportunity to entertain an angel. And it's out there. And sometimes we can miss those. But, but he didn't miss his. He got in there. And of course, what was his response? Woo! <laughs> he was scared. But what did the angel say? Fear not. Isn't that the message of Jesus? Fear not. He said, hey, I'm here. And, and then the other, the, the next piece was, he said, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. Now I want you to think about this for just a second. Both he and his wife were old. Now, when they were younger, do you think they prayed for a baby? Oh, yes. Because it would have been the greatest thing for them to pass on 
the priestly line to a son. And they prayed, they prayed, they prayed hard for a son. But, I, but one of two things happened. Either they gave up and they said, you know, we're, we, you're, you're, we're both past childbearing age. Sound familiar? Sound like a story that you've read in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, right? We're past the time. That prayer's over. Let's just leave it, Elizabeth. He would grab her hand and he would say, you and I are going to grow old together. And what a wonderful thing to grow old together. They said, that's behind us. That's one possibility. The other is they could have believed that God would do just as he did with Abraham and Sarah, just as he did with Hannah, right? When she prayed in the temple and God gave her Samuel. He had read all those stories. He knew all the facts. And I, but I don't really think so because when we get to the next section, he really wasn't too sure about what this angel was saying. So what happens to our prayers when we give up? When we finally say, you know what, it's not going to happen. Do those prayers go away? I want you to look at Revelation chapter 5. Verses 7 and 8 says, And he came, he came, and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Did you know that your prayers are incense that is offered on the throne before God? Isn't that awesome? And in, in Revelation 8, it tells this, shows this picture. And another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer. Much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hands. Your prayers that you prayed for year after year after year are still on the altar of God and it is incense to him and it's still there. You see, God had heard their prayer for all of those years. God, give us a son. But God was saying, what? Timing's not right. You're going to have a special son. You're going to have a son that is going to be the one that goes before the Messiah. And so you're going to have to wait. But, but they didn't know that. The angel had not been sent to them yet to say, hold on. But that prayer was still there. And one day God said to Gabriel, you know there's only two angels that are named in the Bible? Michael and Gabriel. Can you imagine? God sends his, his number two guy, Gabriel, to come down and speak to him. And it says, your prayer has been answered. That's what he did 
for Zechariah and Elizabeth. Your prayer has been heard. It's been burning on the altar all these years, and I've been waiting to fill it, but it wasn't quite time yet. But now it's fulfilled. And he told him one other thing. He said, John will be filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. When do we get to be filled with the Holy Spirit? The, the moment we get saved. The Holy Spirit comes and fills us. But John was filled in the womb. You know, the Supreme Court this week was hearing about, about Dodd versus uh, Jackson, Tennessee. And they were debating things like viability and, and, and God says he was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Amen? God said from the time that baby is conceived, he's going to have the Holy Spirit. What an amazing gift he gave to them. And he's going to be a messenger. Malachi 3.1 says what? Behold, I am going to send my messenger. And he will clear the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. John is the messenger. He's clearing the way. He says, I'm going to draw people back to their father. That's, a, that's another reference out of Malachi. Malachi chapter 4, he says, I'm going to draw people back to Israel so they can hear the message of Jesus. That is what he was called to do. Well, let's continue our story. Let's look at 18 through 25. It gets better, right? Not for Zacharias, it doesn't. <laughs> Verse 18, and God said to the angel, how will I know this for certain? Or Zacharias said to the angel, how will I know this for certain? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time. And the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering of his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when the days of his priestly service were ended, they went back home. And after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked, upon favor, looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. Wow. Did, did you ever get in trouble when you were a kid? Right? And mom and dad says, I want to give you some time to think about that. You go to your room. Right? 
And, and there are times when I think, you know, I want to have a minute to think about that. I'm just going to go to my shop and I'm going to think about that before I give you an answer. Right? You know, we, we get sent to our room and, and basically that's what happens with Zachary. I said, you didn't believe me? You didn't, I'm standing here. I'm Gabriel, the angel of God, and you don't believe me? And he says, you're going to be, zip it up, right? Just like when we were kids, you know, zip it up, throw away the key. Unfortunately, we don't do very good with that, do we? <laughs> but Zacharias didn't have a choice. He said, you're not going to speak. You're going to have a whole nine months to think about this. And he was told, you need to, you need to listen and what about Elizabeth? Was Elizabeth, you know, some people say, oh, Elizabeth, she had all this faith. What did she do for the first five months? She secluded herself. Why? Was she sure? Right? I mean, she was, she was past menopause. There was no, I mean, how did she know that this baby was there? She had never had a baby before. And then when she did get pregnant, I mean, can you imagine how many people she had seen over the years that as, as they got older maybe had miscarriages? She wanted to make sure that this baby was truly there before she made an announcement. Five months along, she would have had a pretty good little baby bump, wouldn't she? You know, isn't that wonderful? Baby bumps are wonderful. But you know what? The hard part, everybody wants to touch the baby bump, right? Don't ask permission, right? You know, it's like, it's their baby bump. You know, and here's Elizabeth in her old age with this baby bump. And finally, after five months, she begins to let people know, look what God has done. Look how God has blessed me in my old age. I'm bearing a child. And I don't know how much she knew. I mean, unless, unless Zacharias was really good at writing and wrote out the whole story, the angel Gabriel came and told me they would have known who he was because Daniel had already encountered the angel Gabriel. He was a pretty big guy. And he, his name's going to be John. I know he told her that much because we're going to see that in the rest of the story. And here God prepares them for what he wants to do. Well, we're going to skip out the next little section because it's about Jesus. We're going to hear about Jesus a little bit later, right? We're going to hear about Jesus long about Christmas Eve. Okay? So we're going to skip the next few verses and we're going to come to verse 39. So turn on over to Luke 1 and we'll go to verse 39. Now at this time, Mary arose. Okay, so we have to go back a little bit, right? Gabriel went to Mary. What did he do? He said, you're blessed among, among men. You're going to have a baby through the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. The Holy Spirit's showing up again, isn't he? Through the Holy Spirit. You're going to have a baby. Oh, and by the way, I want you to know that your, your cousin Elizabeth that, that is, the, is much, much older than you, 
she's pregnant. God is, God is there with him. Isn't that awesome? Now about this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah. Entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how is it that it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there will be a fulfillment of what has been spoken to her by the Lord. I will prepare the way for you, God said. And that's going to be through your cousin. Wouldn't that be, you know, she'd been up, she'd seen, she'd been to their home before. She'd gone probably, as, as cousins do, to get together for different festivals. And as a matter of fact, probably, Mary and Joe, Mary at least, because uh, if Zacharias was serving the temple, she may have come up from Nazareth to see Zacharias when word got out that he was going to serve, put incense in. She may have been in that crowd. Because isn't that kind of fun to go visit the accolades of, of what happens with your cousins? Anybody have cousins that you, that you really still hang out with? That's pretty cool. She would have been at their house, and so, so she gets, she's pregnant. She doesn't have a baby bump yet because it said she went in a hurry right after Gabriel had told her. She has no way of knowing that she's pregnant yet. There's nothing showing. There's, there, there's other than what God had said, but he said, guess what? I've prepared a little lesson for you. Go see Elizabeth. And the other reason was things might have been a little dangerous for her. When she went around saying, I'm pregnant and I'm not married yet, she could have been stoned. So she runs up into the hill country of Judea, finds her cousin Elizabeth and walks in the house and she goes, oh, you're pregnant. And what did the baby John do because he was full of the Holy Spirit. He did somersaults. Now, I don't know about, about you, but I had, my son was very active when, when we were pregnant with him. And I can remember sitting in church and, and watch, <laughs> watching him do this thing. You know, my wife's dress would go as he did these, I mean, he would stretch and, you know, and she would go, oh. And I imagine that Elizabeth was probably going, oh, my. <laughs> but then the Holy Spirit kicked in. The Holy, and isn't that something? How many people have ever thought about the fact of the, what the Holy Spirit did all the way through with the, with the Christmas story. He's everywhere. 
He's everywhere in the Christmas story. And here he is with, with Elizabeth, and she's, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. She said, my baby is confirming that your baby is the Lord. He's Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the one that my baby was sent to prepare the way. Come on, Elizabeth, hang out with us for a while. Be part of our family while we sort through all of this stuff because this has got to be scary stuff. God hasn't spoken in 400 years and all of a sudden we got babies by the Holy Spirit. We got babies that Gabriel said is coming here. Matter of fact, I want you to think about the, the contrasts and the parallels between Mary and Elizabeth. Mary was a young virgin pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth was an old woman who was pregnant by the life-giving word of God. Mary was a young peasant girl. Elizabeth was the daughter of a priest and the wife of a priest. Mary was told by Gabriel that she would carry the Son of God. Elizabeth's prayer for a son was answered by Gabriel. Mary was told that her son would be called Jesus, Yeshua. Elizabeth was told her son would be called John. Mary was told that the proof of her pregnancy would be verified by Elizabeth, who was already pregnant. And Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit because the Holy Spirit that was in John recognized the deity of Jesus in Mary's womb. Wow. Mary would deliver the Messiah. Elizabeth would deliver the one who was called to prepare the name of the Lord. Mary's son would die on a cross at 33 years of age. John, Elizabeth's son, would be beheaded at 33 years of age. Of course, they didn't know that yet. But those two would become kindred spirits because of what the Holy Spirit would, had done. Well, let's continue our story. We're not going to talk about the song that Mary sings. It's a beautiful song. It's a wonderful song, and I think it would be worth going, but we're, we, we want to watch the time today, so we'll leave that maybe for next Maybe next year we'll do the songs of Christmas. I don't know. So let's jump on now to 57. Let's jump to 57. John is going to be born here. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy towards her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day when they came to circumcise the child, that they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, 
but we shall call him John. And they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to the father as to what he wanted him called. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows, his name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once the mouth, his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak in praise of God. And fear came over all of those living around them and all of these matters were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them kept them in mind saying, what then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with him. Oh, poor Zacharias, silent for nine months. You think he was ready to talk? I mean, that's 10,000, what do they say, men speak 10,000 words a day? That's a lot, that's a lot built up in there. He wanted, to, he wanted to, to, to say something, but what did he start out with? He spoke praises to God. He says, wow. His name is John, and he is to be, I mean, he probably said, you guys got to hear this story. I was in the temple, I was giving incense, and the angel was there, and this is what he, I mean, he just went on giving praises to God. And our son will be the one who will go before the Messiah. And he says, in about three months, you guys watch, because the Messiah is coming. He spoke praises to God, and there's, there's a whole section in here that we could, we could look at, and we will in just a second, but he spoke praises to God. But I want you to think, I want you to look at this birth of John, and I want you to think about the birth of Jesus. Now, here's John. John's born at home with all of his family around him. Where's Jesus going to be born? In a stable with nobody but Mary and Joseph to start out with. You know, in Jewish culture, this would have been big hoopla. Everybody would have come because this is, the, the, the son is born that they've been looking for and it's, it's this miraculous thing. It would have been a big party and everybody in the, it says all around the hill country, everybody was, was there. They surrounded the, the family. When Jesus was born, who came and praised? The shepherds. The shepherds came to the birth of Jesus, and they sang praises to Jesus. When John was born, his dad was the one who praised the Lord, praised him for all that was going on. It says that when Jesus was born, and after all the angel, the after the shepherds all went away, it says, and Mary pondered in her heart what this was all about. When John was born, it says everybody that was around them was wondering, who is this child and what is going to become of him? Because Zacharias tells us he's. He's a mighty one. So let's look at this last part. 
67 through 80. And the father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see a little pattern going on here. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. As he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy towards our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, and to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercies of our God, which was... which with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon us who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child continued to grow and became strong in spirit and lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance. Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see the theme? The Holy Spirit is running through all of these people saying, Jesus is coming. Prepare the way of the Lord. And, and you know, Zacharias, I think, when he speaks his prophecy, it sounds a whole lot like he was really tired of the Romans. He was kind of like the people who were, who were at the triumphal entry. Hosanna is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They thought the Messiah was coming to kick the Romans out. He was going to defeat their enemies. But little did he know that John was going to prepare a way for all of mankind. He was preparing the way for you and me. Because John was preparing the way for Jesus. And that fulfillment is going to come when? It's going to come at the cross. The fulfillment came at the cross. Well, my question for you today is, what part will the Holy Spirit play in your Christmas this year? Yesterday I had the opportunity to play Santa Claus. Some of you ladies are laughing. They were at, uh, so I started out, uh, Eileen and I had the opportunity to play Mr. and Mrs. Claus down at the giveaway for Love, Inc. As we gave, as car after car after car came in to receive presents so that their families could have Christmas. And so I, I had my big Santa suit on and, and I came to drop Eileen off here at the church and uh, they said, can you stop, can you stay and play Santa and greet everybody? And then pray for us. Well, I, 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 was, I was greeting people and, and, you know, checking my naughty list. And a few of you were on it. No. 
I was checking, <laughs> I, I was just greeting people, and then when it got time to pray, I thought, you know, we can get so caught up in the trappings of Christmas, and some people got, oh, Santa Claus was in the church, oh no. But as I stood there before I prayed, I said, you know, we can get caught up in the trappings of Christmas, and I took my Santa hat off, and I laid it down, and then I took my long white wig off and laid it down. And then I took all my white whiskers off and laid them down. Because the reality is, is we can get caught up in all of those trappings and, and Santa Claus and the elves and, and, and we get our mind blinded from the greatest gift of all, the gift of the cross. You see, we, we can forget that the cross was the central focus of Christmas because God gave his son as a gift to us. 